And oh, let us tell you, let us tell you, my friends, we are indeed going to that city. Amen? If in Jesus' crucifixion Jesus shouts, I love you, then in his resurrection Jesus says, come and see your forever future. Amen? And it's a future. Did you hear the words of the song? Boy, that songwriter caught it. It's a future with no more night, no more trials, no more doubt, no more fear, no more crying, no more sadness, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness, and no more pain. That is quite an impressive list of no mores, isn't it? And yes, indeed, we're going to the city where Jesus is the light, where we will live forever, where we will see Jesus, and He will call us by name. It will indeed be wonderful there. We will indeed be blown away. And soon and very soon, my friends, we are going to see the King. Oh, can I get a hallelujah? Amen. <laughs> That's it. Let's go. No, I... Sometimes I feel like, what am I doing up here? The praise and worship was so good this morning. Amen. Give the choir a hand. Thank you, band. Thank you, everyone. Will you guys find a way to your seat? We bless God for you. Thank you. Last week, last week, if you were here on Palm Sunday, then you remember that I gave you assignment, an, an assignment. And uh, after all, I'm a teacher, so I tend to give assignments from time to time. If you weren't here... It's okay. You can take some time now to complete your assignment where you're sitting. I asked you, I asked last week, if everyone would reflect on this past week and wrestle with one more time before God over the pain and the struggles of your life. To sift through, if you would, with God, set aside some time with God and sift through in particular all of your ruined expectations. All of the ways that your life, if it's anything like mine or anyone I've known, all of the ways that your life hasn't turned out or isn't turning out the way you wanted it to or expected it to. All of the chaos along the pathway of your life. And let me tell you something. But for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no answer that I or anyone can give you ultimately for any of it. But for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we would be swallowed alive by the darkness and trials and doubt and fear and weeping and sadness and burdens to bear and sickness and pain and life and existence would be nothing more than one big cruel hoax. But because Jesus lives, and only because he lives, we can face tomorrow because we know at the end of all of our tomorrows, however many more we have left, there is indeed that city where the Lord reigns and all of it, all of the chaos will be finished like that because Jesus lives and because the Lord reigns. Amen? Even though right now in life, it may not always seem like it or feel like it. Because even though Jesus, through his death and resurrection, 
has won us the victory over chaos in our lives, the victory over death, God still asks us for a time to faithfully endure trials and pain. Just ask his chosen people, the Israelites, as they are pinned up against the western shore of the Sea of Reeds in Exodus. 400 years of slavery and crying out to God. The last part in particular, brutal. Brutally oppressive. And now, even after the amazing display of God's power over the gods of Egypt through the ten plagues, even after that triumphant march out of Goshen, they get to the western shore of the sea and discover that Pharaoh still hasn't given up. And then, God, through Moses, is telling them that the pathway of their lives runs between those tall, watery walls of chaos of the sea. What must they have thought? Is he kidding? In there? We have to go in there and through that? Into and through that chaos? What is God thinking? Ever ask that question of the chaos in your life? that God asks you to go through? What are you thinking, God? In there? Through that? I thought we win as followers of God. And now this? What are you thinking, God? And somehow those Israelites gather up their children and their grandchildren, and they plunge headlong on the path through that chaos. And halfway through, perhaps, they turn and look and and see the forces of evil piling onto the path through the sea behind them, hunting them down, and they try and swallow the terror mounting in their throats. Have you ever felt like that as you plow through the chaos in your life? Ever feel like evil is hunting you down? Ever try to swallow back fear? And I picture the Israelites cheering each other on, encouraging each other. Come on, Joseph! Get up! Don't stop! I know it's scary. I know it's hard. Try not to look at those walls of water. Keep moving. Oh, little Rachel, please don't cry. Here, let me carry that bag for you. Come on, you can do it. Just keep your eyes ahead. Look, do you see him? There's Moses with God's stick raised in his hand. See him? I could just make him out right there. Look ahead. Don't look behind. Keep moving. You can do it. One of the key purposes of the people of God, both then and today again, is it not? to encourage each other through chaos and pain. And finally, at long last, Israel climbs out of the sea on the other side. The ones getting there first, reaching down the bank and helping the others out. Almost there. Here, give me your hand. Soon and very soon. 
And finally, the last Israelite makes her way out of the sea. And everyone stands on the eastern shore of the sea, panting heavily, perhaps soaked to the skin from the water captured and whipped around by the howling wind. And then they look back to the west into the sea and they see the hordes of Pharaoh's army including Pharaoh himself and they seem quite confused actually milling around in the sea some of them turning and running and trying to climb back out where they came in and then someone shouts hey look at Moses up on the point on the shore there what's he doing he's stretching out his hand over the sea Oh my God! Look! And in perhaps one of the biggest literary understatements of all time, in the Bible or in any book anywhere, the text simply says, And the sea went back to its place. And then the author of Exodus can't resist elaborating. The Lord swept the Egyptians into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. And suddenly, the war between God and the gods of Egypt, the war between the people of God and all of that confused, terrifying chaos was finished just like that. Because the Lord reigned. And I imagine the Israelites stood there for a moment, right as dawn was breaking, the Bible says, water dripping from the ends of their noses. They must have stood there for a moment or two in stunned silence. Where their enemy was an instant before was now only the breathtaking beauty of the sea at dawn. And then, for the first time in the history of the world, someone shouted, Holy Moses! <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then someone else corrected him, Moses, who is this God that he serves? What kind of power is this? Who is this God? And it worked. What God wanted happened. What he promised came true. Because the Lord reigns. The text tells us that when the Israelites saw all of this, they feared the Lord. Yeah, no kidding. And put their trust in Him and in Moses, His servant. Those Israelites came out and they said, We get it! We finally get it! He is God! And in classic Hebraic fashion... Someone sat down on a rock and wrote a song and, right on the spot. And they sang it. Listen to portions of that song. I will sing to Yahweh. They use his personal name now because now they know him. 
I will sing to Yahweh. Yahweh is my strength and my song. He has become Yeshua, my salvation. He is my God. Zeh Eli. Say Zeh Eli. That's this is my God. Zeh Eli. And I will praise Him, my Father's God. And I will exalt Him. Who among the gods is like you, O Yahweh? Yahweh will reign forever and ever, they sang. And because God reigns, the Israelites could once again face tomorrow back into the wilderness and desert and chaos of life. Can you picture it there, that day on the eastern shore of the Sea of Reeds? What does all of this have to do with Easter? Exodus 14 and 15? God didn't ask the Israelites only to walk through chaos to the other side. And he doesn't just ask us to faithfully endure through the chaos in our lives as we too travel to the other side of life. God gave his son, his only son, Jesus, the most difficult path of all. He asked Jesus to walk through the chaos of the greatest enemy that life and humanity has ever known, the greatest enemy that we still face today. He asked Jesus to walk through the chaos of death. And actually, on the way, asked him to destroy its power over humanity. And so Jesus, trusting God, walked through death alone. And I mean utterly alone. He even did it without God with him. He died. Dead. And then do you know what? Well, I know you do. He came back alive. He stared down death. And death blinked. Death couldn't hold them. Not even death. And for those of us who have heard the story of the resurrection a thousand times, those of us who know the story of Jesus' resurrection from the grave backwards and forwards, and even if you're hearing it for the first time today, the question I have for you this morning is, the question I have for all of us is, how do we respond to the fact that Jesus conquered death? Not just for himself, but he conquered it for all of us. How do we respond to that? Well, should we sing? (laughs) Hey, have you ever been to the point? Have you ever been to the point where you're so overwhelmed? Something happens or you're just so overwhelmed that all you can do is kind of shout and sing and carry on? Other than a sporting event? (laughs) If Israel can't help 
but sing the song of Moses after God's victory over the gods of Egypt at the sea that day. And right after that, oh my goodness, it says they even danced. If Israel can't help but sing and dance at the sea that day because of how great God is, shouldn't we also be so overwhelmed at Jesus conquering death that all we can do is shout and sing and dance because death, even death, is no longer a threat? And if we don't, have we lost the ability to appreciate the awesome power of our God in Christ Jesus' resurrection? Oh, I think we feel it. But have we forgotten how to express it? How to sing and dance at the greatness of our God, even if it's not a Sunday or Christmas or Easter? Do we sing and dance and shout and carry on at the greatness of our God on the seashores of our life as we walk through our chaos out there? Maybe you're thinking something like, but Todd, this being so overwhelmed that I shout and sing and dance about the greatness of God thing, with all due respect, that's an Old Testament Jewish cultural thing. Times change, culture's different, people are different, I'm different, I just don't show passion like that. I... I appreciate the metaphor a little, <laughs> but that's just not me. Hmm. Well, it's true. You find lots of singing and dancing in the Old Testament. You're right. But look what it says in Revelation. Read Revelation sometime, and you will find there, to your astonishment, as I did, that in John's vision, he saw all the saints gathered around God's throne and together they sing the song of Moses. John saw us singing the song of Moses. Do you know it? I was talking to Paul Wiggs this week and asked him if he ever knew that in Revelation we're supposed to sing the song of Moses. And he says, no, I didn't know that. And then Paul says to me, oh, I better practice. <laughs> Don't you think we should practice? Otherwise we'll be standing there looking like a bunch of idiots with our teeth in our mouth while everybody else is singing the song of Moses. And we're like, uh, uh, uh. Let your children see you sing and dance and carry on because God is the king of the universe. Teach them how to sing and dance before the Lord. There is so much competition for our children's passion in the world today. And they need to see their parents and grandparents and teachers and coaches and adults, and everyone who calls Jesus Lord, they need to see the people of God singing and dancing before the Lord. They need this desperately. 
I teach high school kids. And I will tell you that most of them rarely see adults wildly excited about their God. Why is that? We so often act like we're still in bondage, that death still has power over us. What do we fear? Instead, we teach our kids how to tear into each other, how to bicker and divide. Where's our wild excitement about the greatness of our God every day and all day? Shouldn't it just explode from us given our victory in Christ over death? See, if we aren't wildly excited about our God in every area of life, if we aren't wildly excited about God, most of our kids aren't going to be either. You want a scary assignment? Ask your kids what you are passionate about. Have them make a list. And then look to see where God is on the list, if he's on it. If we asked our kids to fill in the blank, Dad gets wildly excited about What will they write down? The Denver Broncos? The Pittsburgh Steelers? Man, have I got a problem with that team now. Can you use one more Bronco fan next... I hope the Roonies just cut them. I, I, I do. Wouldn't that be a statement? What would your kids, your wife, your husband, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, and even complete strangers, what would they put in that blank? What would they or anyone say gets you wildly excited? Now, I'd like to try something with you. And it's with no small fear and trepidation because responsive reading in church can be the lamest thing in the world. Have you noticed? But I say we take it on again this morning. Okay, i got one guy who's going to do it with me. Okay. So I'm going to invite you to try and ask that you give your best. And I'm going to free you from whatever it is that inhibits you, if I have the power to do so, that you just let it go. I'm going to do my best, too, for you and my parts. But I need you to do your best to bring some passion, some wild excitement to your parts this morning. Yeah, even while responsive reading, ooh, One thing I think that gets in the way of wildly excited, excited, responsive reading, you know, is we get self-conscious. At least I do. 
Or we get all caught up in, you know, in, in trying to stay together with everyone else. You, you even lose focus of what you're saying. Or maybe we start thinking about you know, Sid or Martha next to us because they're reading too fast or too slow and we, like get, we even get irritated with them. So here's the rule. You don't have to stay together. Yeah. <laughs> Read it however you want. Slow, fast, loud, soft. And you know, you can be softly passionate too. It's not, and I, I appreciate and understand there are people who express passion in quieter ways than, than, than I do. And it's no less passionate. All right. Now, because we're going, all of us in Christ, we're going to be singing the song of Moses together around the throne of God one day. John saw us. We're going to practice it right now, the portions of it, because it's a long song. And we're not going to literally sing it because I don't know the tune. Okay, probably the Hallelujah Chorus tune or something like that. But we're going to use our best, expressive, wildly excited, outdoor speaking and shouting verses, voices. And do the words, at least, responsively, okay? Out loud. With wild excitement. I'm depending on you guys. You're not going to leave me hanging, right? I got music coming after, just in case it flops. I figure I better have some music pick this thing up off. But you're going to give wind into the sails of the music that's coming after. Amen? All right, let me set it up this way. The Gospel of Mark tells us three women went to Jesus' tomb the first Easter morning. Mark writes, As they entered the tomb, they saw an angel dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? It's empty. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you'll see him just as he told you. Now, my brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus is alive. Death is no more. How about we sing together the song of Moses as we will one day together sing around God's throne. Let's sing it today to practice, but let's also sing it today not just to practice for that day, but sing it for today's today too because Jesus is risen indeed. He has conquered death for each of us. Wow, that's quite an accomplishment. Try it sometime. And even as we say these words together of this ancient song, oh, say it and shout it out knowing that regardless of all of the chaos in our lives, regardless of all of those ruined expectations, regardless of whatever Egyptians are milling around in the sea just behind us and after us, despite any and all of the ruined expectations or pain and suffering that we may be facing and we can still face one day, despite all of it, my friends, let's sing the song knowing that we can still face our tomorrow because Jesus lives and our Lord reigns. So let's let it out. Would you stand, please, as the words come up on the screen? Are you ready? I will sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted. 
The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Who among the gods is like you, O Yahweh? In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance. The Lord will reign forever and ever. 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 Forever and ever. The Lord will reign. The Lord will reign forever and ever. See, it doesn't have to be lame. Great job. Now, my question for you is, can you do that out there with your families, with your husband, with your wife, with your brothers and sisters in the workplace? Can you do it out there? Yeah, I'll be going into King Supers this week, and suddenly I'll hear someone chanting the song of Moses. Not just chant the song. You know there's a metaphor here too. But you you know, LOL is the big thing, right? Can you not only laugh out loud, but can you live out loud for Jesus? I know you can. The question is, will you? Will you live your lives in such a way that shows your wild excitement for God? And all of those failed expectations and struggles in life, past, present, and future, do you know what? We can face them. We can continue to move through them because we know there's a bank on the other side of this chaotic sea. And no matter how bad it is or how bad it gets, one day God promises It will all be finished just like that. So take heart and keep moving and don't give up and look ahead. It will all be over one day. God promises. And let me tell you what. El Shaddai keeps his promises. He hasn't failed in even one. And he's not going to fail in this one. And when we continue, my friends, to sing and dance and shout the praises of our awesome God, come what may, there is no better preparation for our kids or others to meet their troubles and pain and struggles and failed expectations with that same joyful, steadfast trust. Please let those little dear ones in your life Let everyone in your life, let the world see you sing and dance because Jesus is alive and because the Lord reigns. You can do this. You can face tomorrow because Jesus lives. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, what a day it must have been on the eastern shore of the Red Sea some 3,000 years ago. Oh, to capture again in our lives today the passion that just burst from your people 
to sing to the Lord a new song. To sing to you of your amazing power and might and protection and love. Father, would you help us to take the passion of Easter, of Resurrection Day. Would you help us and remind us constantly and keep, us right, keep it right here in our consciousness that we don't have to fear death anymore because of what Jesus did. And would you give us that boldness, that bold humility that can go and love without fear. Help us, Father. Help us to live out each and every day the fact that because Jesus lives, let the world see that because he lives, come what may, we can indeed face tomorrow. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.